Welcome to the Institute of the Americas. Uh, I'm Nestor Castaneda, a lecturer here at the Institute. And it's a real pleasure to introduce Carlos Scartacini, who is going to present his research on tax compliance in Latin America. Uh, Carlos uh, holds a PhD and a master degree in economics from the George Mason University. That's in DC, right? Yes, it's close, close by. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and he is uh, the principal economist at the research department of the Inter-American Development Bank. His uh, research, or I should say his current research, focuses on the determinants of tax compliance in Latin America, the political economy of tax reforms, and the understanding of government capacity accumulation. He has published several books and articles in top journals in political science and economics. Uh, for example, the American Journal of Political Science, the Journal of Industrial Economics, the Journal of Economic Behavior and Organization, uh, the Journal of Conflict Resolution, among others. Before we start, I I'd like to thank our friends from the Latin American Policy Society, especially Pilar Conzi, uh, for all the help organizing this fantastic event. So, uh, without further delay, please join me in welcoming Carlos to UCL. So, thank you, Nestor. Thank you, Pilar. Thank all of you. It's so beautiful outside. That, you know, I'm sure. I'm sure many of you were wondering where to wait in, in the room or just just stay outside. Um, but so, so it's, it's a great pleasure. It's a great pleasure being here. It's a, it's a great pleasure getting to know the people here at the institute and the people at, at UCL. Uh, I, you know, I, I, I love the city. I love coming here and, and having the opportunity to speak and, you know, always broadening, you know, the network. And it's, it's, it's great. And you know, I hope that I will, I will keep seeing many of you in years, in years to come. As Nestor was saying, my, my, my research, you know, if any of you, you know, just check my website, and, you know, my research is very broad. And, but overall, my interest is, is in Latin America development in Latin America. And my interest is particularly on the relationship between the citizens and the state uh, and how we can you know, generate better you know, public policies. And, and what I'm going to talk about today is particularly on tax compliance, so it's how to reduce tax evasion or how to increase voluntary tax compliance. Uh, but I, I believe that this is really important. It's a very important topic, but I think it has the world we are doing has relevance beyond tax compliance or tax evasion. It has relevance because it allows them to understand how people react to the government and, to, and, and, and how you can build a relationship between citizens and the government. So, so even though I will be talking about tax compliance, you know, think that this, there is, there is a, a, a relevance beyond that on how can we build a relationship of trust between the government and the citizens uh, that could affect not only tax compliance, but it could affect many other policy, uh, policy outcomes. So as I, as I said, basically I, I will be summarizing. This is, of course, this is a very broad audience. Many of you have, you know, very different backgrounds and very different interests. So I will try to be very broad. Uh, it's kind of more of a more of a policy, you know, policy type of talk rather than entering into the details of any one particular paper. Uh, but then, you know, we can we can of course during the, the Q and A talk about the specifics about the research design if you are interested or not. But you know. Just, just to give an idea, I will not be presenting any model. I will not be presenting, you know, uh, standard errors. I will just giving you, you know, an, an overall idea of the type of things we have been we have been doing. But you know, willing to talk 
to you after after the talk, during the Q&A, afterwards, you know, by email or whatever, if you want to see the specifics. And of course, I always invite you to look at the papers that are behind, behind this research. So, I will try to summarize a, a broad agenda, but particularly concentrated on, on the latest two papers that I've been writing that have to do with method of communication and with reward. And I will, I will tell you a little bit more what it's about. But just, just to give you, to put you in context, many of you are from Latin America, so I don't need to explain that, but for some of you who are new to the region, uh, these are you know, tax evasion rates for some of the countries in Latin America. Okay, so if you see you know, in, this, in this graph, uh, you know, if you look at you know, personal, for example, personal income tax and corporate income tax, you know, evasion rates may even reach 70%. Okay, so it's more the people that evade the tax than the people who actually pay the tax. Okay, so we are, we, are talking, you know, we, are, we are working in a context of very, very high uh, tax evasion. And even if you look at the VAT tax, which is, you know, should be a fairly easy tax to collect and to enforce, we are talking about, you know, in some of the countries, uh, tax evasion rates, you know, above 30%. And this is even so for the property tax. Okay, again, if you think about the property tax, this should be the easiest tax to collect. There is a property, it has a value, the government can estimate the value, and, you know, establish a, a, a tax on that, sends you a bill, the only thing you have to do is, you know, bring the bill to the bank or to, you know, actually, you know, nowadays, you know, you, you, know, with, you can do it with debit, with direct debit, you have to pay. Okay, so it's very easy for the government, should be very easy for the government to enforce. It should be relatively easy for you to pay. There, is, there are no informational problems, so you would expect very low taxes of evasion. But actually, this is just a graph from a, you know, typical city in Argentina where you see that compliance is around 55%. Okay, so basically, you know, in every given month, half of the people are paying the tax, half of the people are not paying the tax. Okay, so, so that's the, the context. So the question is, how do you do to increase the compliance? How do you do to increase the voluntary tax compliance? Not only the levels, you know, are low, but also there is a huge variance. So this is the city of Santa Fe, and, and what you see is that, you know, compliance, go, you know, goes from like, you know, 70%, in this area, you know, in the dark red, to almost, you know, below 40% and even, you know, closer to zero in other areas. So, not only the average is very low, but also it's a huge variant with, you know, people in some areas of the city basically paying, uh, not paying, not paying the tax. So, again, how do you do? So, clearly this shows that there are certain characteristics that make, you know, these people not pay the tax and these people pay the tax. So, can we use, you know, those determinants to try to increase overall uh, overall compliance, and this is you know even looking at the at the at the at the more individual level. So this is a typical block, and you see you know a lot of green people, okay, what I will call the green guys, which are the, the guys who are paid, you know, the taxpayer who are paid, and then you have the red ones, you know, the the, the people who are not paid. So one of the key questions in this in this research is one is that can we make the red guys become green? And what do we do to prevent the green guys to become red? Okay, that's, that's particularly what we are talking Why is that? Well, particularly because one, you know, when you, are a, when you are a green, let's say a green person, and you are surrounded by red people, you know, there is a chance that you will say, well, nobody, nobody else is paying. Why, you know, why am I? I'm a paying. And you may become, become red. So, so a big part of what we are trying to, to do here, again, is trying to, you know, tell this person, you know, the red the red dot here, look, everybody else around you is paying, 
you should be paying and try to change it to red. And you know, we also at the same time don't, do not want the red people to infect the green, the green people and, and, and stop, stop paying. So, the question is why people don't pay? So what are the, what are the conditions why they pay or they don't pay? So particularly, when you ask in, Latin, ask in Latin America why people do not pay, they will tell you three things. So one is that, you know, there is no reason for me to pay. I will not be caught, I will not be punished. So why should I pay? There is no cost of not paying. Another reason is that, you know, the, basically the government wastes the money. So if I pay, I'm just giving a transfer to a corrupt politician, but, you know, basically, or, you know, or somebody will waste it. So why should I pay? And then this other thing that, you know, nobody else is paying. So why should I, you know, why should I pay? Why should I be the only, you know, stupid one who is paying? So, and this is, you know, this is some data that shows that. So particularly, for example, in this, again, this is just um, data at the city level. When you ask people, you know, how many people do you think that are paying or not paying the tax? And basically, you know, like 64% of the people believe that half of the people are not paying. Okay, there is this generalized belief that basically nobody, nobody is paying. Okay. So basically, and, and if you look at this way, basically, you know, 97% of the people or 100% of people basically believe that at least 30% of the people are not paying. So there is this very generalized belief that nobody else is paying. So and which, which taxpayers were referred to there because there's very different taxes? And no, sorry, this is, this is property tax. This is property tax at the, at the local level. So these, these are salaries done at the, at the municipality level. So basically, how many... You know, out of 10 people, how many do you think are not paying the tax? So they're not very badly calibrated. No? Sorry? The beliefs are not badly no, calibrated. No, 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 they are, they are not. They are not. They are, they are relatively close, close to reality. And then when you ask them, you know, do, we, do you believe that the, the goods and services you are receiving from the municipality are in accordance to the amount you pay? Basically, around, you know, half believe that they are and half believe that they are not. Okay, so basically most people... Be, That's in Argentina, so basically, half of the half of the people think that they are not receiving. And if you think about how much you pay, for example, in property tax or in local taxes, uh, there is no way that you will have you know you will you will think that. Okay, particularly if you think about property tax in Argentina, except in the city of Buenos Aires, you know you may be paying you know hundred dollars a year, hundred and twenty dollars a year, just by the city you know the city giving you pavement, uh, you know more or less. You know, it's already giving you that. But, you know, most people believe that they are paying much more than what they are getting from the government. So the key is then, then how do you change behavior and how do you change, you know, what, where people pay? So one way is this way. So one way is that, you know, this is from Nicaragua. So, you know, the people who don't pay, you know, get their, you know, their names put on the, on the wall. So everybody in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the neighborhood can see, you know, who is paying and who is not paying. So that could be one way. Of course, but you know, when you want to expand this to a national level, the list will be a little bit too long, uh, and the effect will not be, you know, as stark as, as this. Uh, and actually, I love this, you know. It's just uh, so one way that we tried to, to to affect those beliefs was by providing messages on the on the tax field. So again, you know, and 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 and, and we try to affect those beliefs. So basically, what we did, and this is from the municipality of Junín in Argentina, and it's one of the examples that. One of the places in which we, we did the intervention was to send people messages on their tax bill saying, look, it is not true that if you don't pay, you, you have no punishment or there is no cost to that. Look, you know, if you have a debt, 
of such amount of money, you have to pay all of this money in, in, in fines and in interest, etc., etc. So making it salient, what is the cost of not of not paying? We also basically said, look, it's not true that we don't do, you know, the municipality doesn't do anything with the money it collects. Look, in the last six months, with the money it collected, you know, they we built, uh, we put, you know, water and sewage in 29 blocks. We did this, 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 and that. So, so it is not true. Look, look, all the things that the municipality is doing. And also, basically, we said, look, it is not true that nobody pays. Look, there is a large share of people who pay, and, you know, in which group do you want to be? In the, in the, in the big and important people or the small and irrelevant people? So, so we tried to do that, and this, this had a, this had a quite, quite a fun effect. Um, and this was like, you know, the first, the first type of things we did, very similar to what the behavioral insight team did here in the, in the UK. We get very similar results, uh, and this has become very common. Okay, so basically, uh, nowadays you have you know similar similar experiments you know I would say for at least 10, 15 countries you know with some variations, but it has become a very a very common a very common strategy trying to you know send messages to the taxpayers. And I would say you know 90 well, 90 percent at least of the of the field experiments that are coming out in the literature have to do with with this and trying to you know to look what type of messages can we send to taxpayers to increase their, uh, their compliance. So most of, the, most of the research has been, okay, let's send a letter. Uh, we, are, we are the only ones printing it in on the, on the, on the tax bill. So let's send a letter, uh, let's put a message there, and let's see what is the, what is the impact, you know, by, you know, with some variations in the content of the, of the message. So given that, we say, okay, how can we improve on that? You know, how, what else can we do? What, you know? You know, this has the, the largest effect. So the, the penalty and the fines, that's the largest effect. These ones do not have an average effect, but what you find, which is actually, I, I, thanks for the question, which is very interesting about these other, these other two, uh, two messages, is that you don't find an average effect, but you have very strong conditional effects and, and, and countervailing effects. So basically, what you will see, and, you know, and we have that in the paper, so what you see is, for example, regarding the, the public goods provision, what you see is that there, is a, there are some people who are uh, who are increasing their compliance, you know, about 15%, 20%. But on the other hand, you have people who are decreasing their compliance. Uh, and this is correlated to the, with, the, with, the, um, with their experience with, the, with public uh, service provision by the municipality. So particularly, people who are living in, in areas of the city in which uh, they had fewer public good provision, uh, they had little contact with the government, uh, they didn't know, they didn't see the government in action, those reacted very positively, uh, while in other areas, and what we believe there is that, you know, we have done some surveys, what happened is that people reacted, you know, their beliefs changed, well, you know, I thought that the government was useless, and look, you know, everything that they are doing, and they reacted very positively. On the other hand, what you have is people living in other areas of the city in which they have, you know, very good public provision, uh, who believe that the government was even better than, than, than it is, and actually when they saw the message, they said, well, they are only... Not that they are, they are not doing that much, you know, with, with the money, with the money we are we are paying, and the same the same with the other one. So what happened is the following. So if you if we go back to this, of course you have let's say you know uh, somebody here, okay, who is surrounded by people who pay, and the belief of this person is that everybody pays, okay. And if you saw it in the other, so if you saw it here, so there are people who think that you know compliance. Compliance is, you know, 10%, 20%, etc. So there are a lot of people who have, who have, 
who believed that you know compliance was probably higher than it was because of, of the of the reference points you have. And then you have people who are surrounded by red people who think that nobody pays. So again, we found strong, you know, very heterogeneous result in which, you know, these people, when they learned that 30% of the people were not paying, then some of them decided not to pay. And the, and the, and the people who were surrounded by reds, then now they decided to pay. So, so the average effects, max, mask, a lot of heterogeneity, which for us was a very important result for evaluating a universal campaigns. So what happens is that most governments, in particular at the local level, when they decide on doing something, uh, they decide to do a universal campaign. Okay, and, and one of the results we are coming up is beware of the universal campaigns, because people have different beliefs, and the way they update their belief uh, may affect the, the results. So uh, let me let me move to 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 to, to something to something else. So so, so I, I I get to the presentation time. So as I said. Everything so far, and most of the things so far, has been on the messages, okay? And, and, and the method of, of delivering the message has been a letter. So at the question we asked ourselves was the, could different communication methods have a differential effect on people's behavior? So just to give you an example, so this is, for example, you know, the, the, typical, the typical message you will get, you know, next to the, you know, this is in the, in the, in the, in the washroom at, you know, GW, I was there, you know, last week, but the idea is that you know you are going there to get your you know paper towel to, to, to dry your hands, and it tells you, hey, look, you know, paper come from trees, you know, don't take too much, etc. Et so they give you, they put a sign there, a message saying, you know, beware and don't take too many, too many paper towels. So the question we have is that is that the best method for communicating for communicating this message? Would it be better, for example, if when I'm reaching, you know, the paper towel, there is a voice that comes out and says, hey, you know, watch out, what are you doing? Or what about having somebody standing there and saying, uh, how many are you taking? Two? You know, you don't need, you need, need, need two. You know, with only one, it will be okay. So will that have any effect? And as you can imagine, you know, I'm sure that most of the people will react more to the person standing there and telling you, okay, please take only one, than to a sign uh, saying that you only have to take one. So, of course, each one has, you know, a different cost. So you have to analyze, you know, cost effectiveness. But the question is, if this is a relevant research so there is plenty of evidence from other literatures. So if you think about, you know, the literature on donations, for example, this is this is pretty big, um, and, and they know how to how to get your money. Uh, it's relatively big also in the political science literature, on the particularly in the U.S. for getting people out to vote. You know, so clearly they know they know that if they send a flyer to you saying, look, tomorrow is election day, the priority that you will go to vote is not very high. But if they send somebody, you know, to knock at your door and tell you, no, remember that tomorrow is voting day, we count on your vote, you know, you think that that's the good thing to do, you know, uh, they, get, they get a little bit more of, of an effect. So the question is, what about tax compliance? May have, you know, would that have an effect or not? So basically, we did, we did a set of experiments in which we were sending not only letters, as everybody is doing, but also we sent emails, phone calls, and personal visits. Okay, so now, instead of buying the message, instead of sending different messages through the same method, now we are changing the method and sending the same message. Okay. And, and we did this with the federal government in, ah, and we did the, with the federal uh, government in Colombia in the context of you know, the national revenue collection. They can, you know, can explain that if you, if you care. But basically, we got people that had due payments for income, wealth, or value-added taxes between 2011 and 2013. Uh, so you know we 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 
we, we made a cut on the on the balance, you know, of everybody uh, that with debts uh, in the in the midst of 2013, and we said, okay, let's let's get the database of everybody that owes income tax, wealth tax, or value added taxes, and let's let's see if they respond differently if we send you know this message in different ways. So basically, what we did is that we drafted a message that basically says, uh, Nestor, uh, look, you owe us you know income tax from 2012, you owe you know a hundred. Colombian pesos, uh, you have to pay, you know, the interest that you have accumulated is this, the fines that you are accumulating are that. Um, remember that this is going to your credit history if you don't pay. And, uh, you know, remember that, you know, we can only make Colombia a better place if you, if you, if you pay. So that, that was more or less the, the content of the message. The idea was, you know, the, the email and the, and the letter were exactly the same. And basically the same message had to be delivered either by phone or by, or by a personal visit. Uh, so these are the characteristics of the, of the experiment, basically. So we had, you know, we would send 5,000 people a letter, 5,000 people an email, about 4,000 people, you know, will, will be visited by an inspector, and then we had a, a control group. Again, we, we can talk about the, the details of the experiment, but as you can imagine or not, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know what is your prior, uh, compliance was very different according to the method. Okay. So, Basically, you know, the probability that, that, that you will pay if you, if you receive a letter was a 9 percentage point over the, over the control group. Receiving an email, you know, was basically, you know, had, a, had a twice as much, as, as, as much effect. So, seven, so 17 out of every 100 people who receive an email paid. Uh, the phone call was about, you know, 30 people out of, out of 100 paid. Uh, and basically everybody who received the visit of an inspector. <laughs> so, but this is this is the effect, and why and why why the effects may be different? Well, there are there are several reasons. Why? Maybe because of the same reason that you react differently to in for a, when they ask you for a donation. You know, when somebody sends you a letter, you know you don't you don't feel that much of a connection. And when you know a little girl comes and knocks at your door and says, you know, can you help me? So clearly there is there is that part of the effect. But also there is there is the effect that we we try to exploit more on the paper that has to do with how people update the probability of enforcement. You know, clearly, if you receive a letter, you know, your belief is that this is a very cheap method that could, they have, could have sent a letter to everybody. So the probability that I may be prosecuted has not changed. But basically, you know, I have the same, the same information that I had before. Uh, so my, the, the, I will not update my probability much. However, if they visit me, if they, if they send a tax agent to my house, uh, clearly I know that this is very costly. I know that they are not visiting everybody. So, so the probability that, you know, once they visit me, that they will prosecute me is much, then, then it goes up a lot, uh, and that's why most people would, would then comply. The, the agency collected by, you know, for each letter and email that they send, collected about between 550 and 600 dollars, okay? And for each visit, you know, for each tax agent sent visit, you know, payout, basically they collected 2,000 dollars, okay, more than 2,000 dollars. So, and each marginal visit costs the agency $8. Okay, so you will think, okay, this is extremely cost-effective. You know, I, I put $8, I get, you know, 2200 <coughs> So what, but the, 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 the key then is that, you know, is that the optimal strategy? What we derive there, and, and, you know, because of, you know, the marginal cost, the marginal revenue that you have, that, you know, the optimal strategy is a portfolio uh, in which you target, you know, certain people with visits, and then some people you send, you know, you, you call them, and some people you send a letter, etc. 
so the optimal strategy is not sending you know agents to every to every house, uh, but you know having a targeted targeted type of type of uh, we are we are targeting a big part of the of the people with this. Um, but it will be finding finding the right portfolio in which you know the marginal cost and the marginal revenue of each one of the one of the each one of the strategies uh, equalizes. And there are there are some other some other conditions. For example, you know how to make the letter more more effective. Again, you know you can also target the letter instead of sending a letter to everyone and, and being very vague about how many people are receiving the letter, telling them, look, you are receiving this letter, but you are you know, one in fifty who are receiving this letter, so you increase the salience of the letter and the, the punch. So the other question, I, I, as, I, as I said, the other issue that, that we have is that how do you not only try to change the red into greens, but also how do you make sure that the greens do not turn into red? So, so one, one issue is that, you know, how do you make people to stick to the good behavior? Okay, so, so one, 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 one example, for example, is the, you know, New Year's resolution. You know, we all, you know, want to do the good thing. But sometimes we fail. So how can we do that? You know, and this is, for example, data from you know. I decided at the beginning of the year, I decided you know I had to run more. Okay, so I had this you know I had this this New Year resolution. I had you know, and I was very good in, in January. If you look all the reds, you know, I was running almost every day. I was stretching almost every day. So I had a great January. I had not such a great February, and I had a terrible March. Okay, so so clearly I had I had a strong commitment problem. So I started you know as a, as a red as a, as a green person. And over time, I became a red person. And in everything, in everything we have been doing on, on, on this type of exercise, what happened is exactly this. So we convince people at the beginning, and then over time, you know, it fades, fades away. And this is not, you know, it's not, it's not only, you know, for me, it's also, you know, very common in the, for example, in the health literature. So, so in the U.S., you know, it has become very common, for example, to, to, to have these incentive programs in which they pay students to go to a gym. So... Uh, but what happens? So the, the, the students go to the gym during the semester, then they go home at the end of the semester. When they come back, they never you know, go to the gym again because now they don't have the financial incentive. So clearly, you know, there are rewards. They have an effect by how do you design the, the best reward. The same, for example, happens with the, with the donations and, for example, with blood donations. So a lot of people, you know, donate blood. Uh, there are some, some uh, interventions that, you know, pay people for donating. And many people then, once... You start paying for, for blood, they stop donating. Why? Because they thought that it was the right thing to do, that's why they were doing it. And now when you are paying them, they feel like you know, dirty. You know, they feel like they, you know, they are, people will think that they are doing it for the money. So, so reward system works, but you, know, you have to design them, design them appropriately. Uh, there is very little evidence on the role of the rewards on tax compliance. So far there are two, two evaluations. So one for Germany with the church tax in which it seems that it worked. So basically, they were offering you know 100 euros and 200 euros price uh, to be drawn among people who paid. You know, and, and had a positive effect. And then there was a terrible example of Montevideo, Uruguay, where the you know among the people who pay the property tax, they will draw some people out of this of this group, and they will be rewarded with a tax holiday. The tax holiday consists that you wouldn't have to pay the tax for one year. Okay, so you had these people who were. Paying, 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 paying. Then one day, they, you know, they got this drawing. They didn't have to pay one year. And what happened in the end is that they never went back to pay. <laughs> so they got used to, to, to using money for something else. <laughs> so, 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 so they got used to that. So, and the problem is that the people who were not paying, the incentive of participating of the lottery was not high enough for them to start paying. And the people who were paying and got the reward, 
Stopping. So, so clearly the sign matters. So we are using a natural experiment from the city of Santa Fe in Argentina. So for those of you who don't know Santa Fe, Santa Fe is one an hour, you know, by plane from, from the city of Buenos Aires. And this is what you know Santa Fe looks like. This this is you know quite a nice picture actually, but, but you know <laughs> <laughs> uh, it makes you know look Santa Fe like, like New York. But uh, but you know the, the important thing about, about this picture is that what you see is that there is, there is high concentration. So this is not like you know a city that goes forever. It has very clear you know city limits that you know has a relatively high density in the city and it's the eighth largest city in Argentina. So what we are using is the natural experiment was the randomization of sidewalk construction. So before the mayor came into power or into, into office, uh, the city had a program of reward that is very similar and is very common across many cities in, in Argentina and Latin America, which was you know, out of the compliant population, drawing a number, uh, and, and the winner, the winner will get a, a car, you know, on the Civic or something like that. Okay, that was the that was the price. So when the when the mayor came into into power, he said, uh, "Why? <laughs> Why are we doing this? I'm sure that one, it has no effect on compliance. Nobody is going to pay the taxes because of the off chance that they are going to win a car. And second, we are giving somebody a car. This person, I don't know what they do with the car, but it's clearly something that is." It's not a stain in the, in the public domain. What if we try to give a public good or some kind of public good? So what he came up with, with the idea of providing sidewalk construction, so the sidewalk is, you know, whatever is in front of your house, which is a private good in a sense because otherwise you will have to pay and, and maintain it, but the municipality will, 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 will build it for you. Um, but it's of public use, so anybody can walk, you know, on that sidewalk. In addition to that, one other reason why he wanted to provide this good is that he wanted the sidewalks now to have this, what he calls the green line, okay? That basically, you know, a large share of the sidewalk now, you know, is green space, so it would absorb more rainfall, okay? So, you know, Santa Fe has a lot of problems with rainfall, um, and this way, you know, he will ensure that uh, the, the practice, the common practice of having, you know, the full sidewalk paved will stop, and people will look at this type of sidewalks and they will use it as an example of the type of sidewalk that the city that the city needed. So, you know, people have to pay the property tax. And, and in December 2008, they announced that, you know, out of the people who were uh, up to date with the tax, they will draw and they will build 400 sidewalks. So, um, so you have to, you know, be up to date, you know, by, by January, January 12th. Um, they had this, this lottery, you know, it was it was it was a public a public lottery, and 400 people won the won the won the lottery. So as you see, you know, luckily for us, it's, you know, the, the the random sample is perfectly balanced. It complies with you know everything that it needs to comply. We don't fo find any evidence that there was any any full play. You know that you know the, the friends of the mayor, you know, were more likely to to win the. To win the sidewalk of, of anything, actually, actually, it was it was pretty pretty fair and, and, and clean the, the randomization. That was, and these are the people you know that won the that won the lottery. As you see, you know, it's very fairly balanced across across geographical districts. So the first question is why would it have an effect? So there is one possibility: the financial motive. Okay, so people knew that now you know in the next month. If I'm up today, I may enter into the lottery and I may win the sidewalk. So one possibility that people will just do it for the off chance of winning the prize. 
But then there are other other channels through which this may matter. So one is that now that you know, if you win, you can watch the government building something in front of your house. So now you can see how efficient the government is. Uh, it may create loyalty. Okay, now you know the government is providing you specifically you something, so it may create some create some loyalty. But also you can signal others of your compliance. Now you know all the neighbors know that you are a guy you know who is who is paid. So you can brag about it. You know, and look, you know, I, I have a new sidewalk thanks to the thanks to the fact that I'm paid. So so there are many reasons why somebody who wins the sidewalk may uh, may feel good and may keep uh, paid. Uh, there may be some speedometer. So now you have the neighbors. So you know, I live next to next next uh, Nestor. Nestor won the won the sidewalk. Now I can see first. I can see firsthand, you know, what the government is doing. And then now I know that Nestor is Nestor is paying. So just by you know, if you if you if you use a little bit of of statistics, you will know that the probability that Nestor will win uh, is is clear a signal of you know compliance in the of Nestor. Anybody in our block. Will win is you know is, is, a, is a good proxy for compliance in the in the neighborhood. So you know I may I may update my my, my belief about you know whether people are paying or not in my block. So the first thing is that was was there any financial motive? And what you see is that there was none or, or very little. So basically we are you know the blue line is the behavior of, of payment um, between the, the moment the lottery was announced. And the moment you know you had to be up to date with your with your with your taxes compared to other years in which the lottery was not did not take place, and as you will see, the behavior between the blue line and the others is very very similar. So it's not like you know now everybody is, is rushing to pay uh, in order to be up to date with the tax before the before the due date. Uh, the other years is, the behavior is very similar, and also you know the, even even if it's it's a little bit higher the blue line before the due date. Uh, it remains high after the due date, which also uh, would not be explained by a financial motive. So clearly, if we find something, uh, it's not because of, of that. And what is the effect? So we, have, we find a huge effect. So <coughs> basically, what, what this graph is telling you is that the probability that a person who won the, who won the sidewalk and got the sidewalk constructed would pay after the construction is, is basically 20 percentage points Larger than somebody who did not win the, the lottery. Okay. And of course, this, this effect fades away over time, but it's relatively, uh, it's relatively uh, stable for a, for, a, for, a, for a longer time than any other intervention that has taken place. And in, on average, basically, what you see is that you know, anyone, any individual winner over, you know, over time was 7 percentage point more likely to be paid than, uh, than anybody else. So, so, so clearly there is, you know, there, there is a strong effect of being the winner in the probability that you will keep, keep paying more time. Of course, here there are also strong heterogeneous effects. Why? Because not every sidewalk is the same. And not every sidewalk is as same as other sidewalks. So while in this neighborhood, you know, the share of the, you know, the, the size of the sidewalk as a share of the, of the size of the, of the house, etc., is relatively large and Construction here is very salient. Uh, the sidewalk here may be very different than the sidewalks next to you. Uh, and clearly, you know, you will have a new tree, you will have you know, a, different, a different configuration, etc. Uh, when you move to other parts of the city, you know, the sidewalk, so this is another winner, the sidewalk is, part, is pretty similar, okay? Because now the, the, the sidewalk is very narrow, 
there is no possibility for you to have the green line, etc. And basically, it's just a continuation. So what you expect is that the probability that, that this person will feel you know, much better than he feel, felt before uh, is much lower, and the probability that these people you know, will notice this sidewalk is also much, much lower. So what you will find is that very strong effects in some part of the city, in those areas of the city in which there is no pavement. Okay, so now you have a new sidewalk in a, in a street where there is no pavement, and it's a high effect, or things like that, and then very, very small effects or non, non, no effects at all in other areas of the city. So again, it's very, it's very effective, it's, very, it's a very uh, important way of doing it, but you know, targeting maybe the right, the right strategy. Um, so let me just finish with one, with one uh, additional example. This is, you know, this is the next paper. So, so just to tell you, you know, what is the other thing that we are doing. So, so clearly, as, as, as you can imagine, this is very costly. The, the rewards are very costly. Uh, giving, you know, giving away sidewalks you know, to anybody who pays to remain, for them to remain green uh, is, is a very costly strategy. I, I, you know, we haven't finished the estimations, but it will be very hard for us to find that it's cost effective. Uh, particularly because you know, each individual sidewalk costs 10 times what any individual taxpayer pays. Okay? So you will need you know, if, to be loyalty for 10 years if you want, you know, if you're thinking about direct effect. You know, and even if the, the spillover effects that we are finding are not, are not that huge. So, so what is another alternative? So another alternative is creating a, creating a system that is similar to the reward system, but it doesn't imply spending so much money, which is what we call behavioral contingent uh, responses. So basically, just to give you an idea, what we do is that, so you have, let's say, a, a person who did not comply last month. Um, so Nestor, who is my, my guinea pig today, so he, so he didn't comply last month. So he, he will receive, you know, in the first treatment period, he will receive a, a, a note saying, look, what happened, Nestor? You didn't pay last month. Look, you know, you have accumulated this amount of interest. Remember that we count on your, on your money, etc. So then he will, he will react. You know, to that message, so he will pay or, or, or do not pay, and then the government will react to his reaction. Okay, so if he paid, we will come back and say, uh, "Oh, that's great, Nestor. Uh, you are doing the right thing. You are helping us be, you know, build a better city." And if he didn't pay, we will go back and say, "Hey, uh, we told you last month you had to pay. This is the second time in a row you are not paying. Uh, what's going on?" So basically, this will be, you know, something like the the, the negative message. Uh, look, you know, let me let, let, let me remind you that you didn't pay you didn't pay the last the last uh, the last the last bill. Uh, please, you know, get up today. You know, avoid interest, etc. You know, we, we are we are missing resources that we need. Uh, and then, you know, if he did pay, congratulations, you know, for having paid. <laughs> that would be the type of message uh, you will be you will be receiving. So. Let me finish here so, so, so I, don't, I don't, don't make it too, too long. So just let me, let me, let me summarize what, what, what we have been talking about. So why do we care about increasing voluntary tax compliance? So that's, that's, that could be one question. Uh, and I think, I think that the key there is that it has plenty of benefits. So it has efficiency gains, uh, it increases accountability on the use of resources, uh, it lowers the volatility in the use of resources. Uh, there is plenty of evidence now out there that shows that you know, when, when mayors have to go out and collect their own taxes, then you know, the, the way they are going to spend that money is much better than if they are receiving this money you know, from her. Um, 
because the accountability is lower, uh, the volatility of that money is higher, etc. So, so clearly, clearly, it makes it makes a lot of sense, uh, and also because there are very you know a lot of low-hanging fruits. So, so there are a lot of things out there that that, that can be improved. Um, and, and just to give you an example, so when we started working with the, with the government of Colombia, so they will require when when you were registering to to you know in, with, with the tax administration, they were asking you for the for the email. Okay, so but. If you have by chance you said, oh, my email is etc. at gmail.net, okay, they will type down gmail.net. And there was no verification system. You know, sample, you know, something as simple as send your email back, you know, and if it doesn't go through, say, look, you have the wrong email. So, so there are plenty of low-hanging fruits out there that, that can be that can be can be grabbed uh, if you if you work with the with, with the government. Uh, and there is plenty that the, that the private sector does that we are not doing, and, and, and the private sector does it very well. And I think we should we should be using the same type of strategies for improving the, the public sector. Uh, but as I said, and as I try to convey, it is very very important that we evaluate and we have this type of pilot projects and an impact evaluation before we we rush into anything. Many of the things that that we have been doing show, for example, that universal campaigns do not work. Uh, and they saw with this tendency that, oh, there are a lot of these academics that say that if you tell people, you know, the way you are spending the money, you know, people are more willing to pay. So let's, you know, let me do this informational campaign and, and, and plaster the city with information about, about what we are doing. And, and what we find is that then, but, you know, the way that people's belief changes uh, is, is heterogeneous. So your campaign may not work. So, so, so clearly you need, you need to test and you need to to be very careful when you are designing this, this type of policy. Uh, and what we believe by now is that each policy may have an optimal communication strategy. Uh, the same way that, you know, when you are trying people to donate money, there is an optimal strategy for you to, to get money. We believe that the government also can, can have an optimal communication strategy. It's not clear that, you know, just by passing a law, uh, people will comply. It's not clear that just by sending a letter, people will comply. It's not clear that just by posting a sign, people will comply. So, so the way you design and the way you communicate is very important. Um, and last, you know, that some type of reward may work and some type of rewards may not work. So the way you design the reward uh, is, 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 extremely, is extremely important. So I will stop here. Uh, and of course, you're glad to ask any questions. Thank you very much.